The Bound Series, Volume 1, Number 7, Title, Hurricane, Chapter 2, Fears. Six hours till landfall. The pelting rain soaked the guys to the bone. Raph placed the last sandbag on the wall. Phew! Made it just in time. What do you mean? Leo wiped the rain from his forehead. Well, look. Raph pointed at the street that already had standing water. By now, most of the people in this neighborhood were gone. Even the purple dragons were nowhere in sight. Behind them, Donnie cursed, and everyone turned to stare at him. The storm surge. I forgot all about the storm surge. He turned and ran back inside to the elevator they'd installed in the back room. His brothers followed, not understanding why he was panicking. Donnie, what's going on? Leo ran beside him. I have to get back to the lair. He hit the button to open the doors. Sarah, Mira, Master Splinter, they could drown. Cat had caught up with them. Raph turned to her and squeezed her hands. Stay here. He quickly followed Donnie into the lift. Cat didn't have a chance to protest before the doors closed. When they reopened on the sub-basement level, they were instantly standing in ankle-deep water. Hey, isn't this area normally dry? Mikey was puzzled and worried. No. Donnie could feel Sarah's panic swell inside him like a volcano. He needed to get to her fast. Come on. Leo jumped into the driver's seat of the slider, and the others climbed aboard. It was nearly a ten-minute ride back to the lair. They would have to hurry. The slider sped along the tunnels until it had to slow due to the debris and raging current. When the space between their heads and the top of the tunnel became way too close for comfort, Leo pulled to a stop. What are you doing? Don pulled off his seatbelt. Raph grabbed him from behind. We can't get through there, Donnie. Let go. I have to get to them. Donnie fought his brother's arms. There's too much debris, and the current's too strong. We can't swim through there. Even the slider is having trouble. Leo knew how his brother felt. His mate and child, as well as their father, could very well be lost to them. We can't get through here. We'll have to find another way. Donnie suddenly gasped, as if he'd been punched in the stomach. Mikey grabbed his shoulder. Donnie, what's wrong? Leo narrowed his eyes. Donnie, tell us what's going on. It's Sarah. She's hurt. He clenched his teeth. The brothers gasped. Leo came quickly back to business. Are they alive? I can only sense Sarah. She's unconscious, I think. Mikey began to panic. What about Master Splinter and Mira? I don't know. I can't sense Mira the way Sarah can. Don choked back tears at the thought of his little girl drowning. If Sarah's alive, I'm sure they are too. Leo pressed down his growing fears. Now, we need to get to the surface before we drown. He turned the slider and headed back the way they came. Spotting a grate that led into the subway, he turned the slider to break through. The trains had stopped running long ago, so there was no danger of being spotted or hit by one. The water here was quickly rising too and they rode the slider nearly to the surface. Can you tell which direction she is? Leo came to the top of the stairs. Donnie closed his eyes. It was hard to focus. There seemed to be a buzzing noise inside his head. Forcing the noise aside, 
he finally found the spark of fire that was always there. This way. What about Master Splinter and Mira? Mikey ran behind his brothers. We'll just have to hope they're with her. Raph prayed with everything he was. He was right. The water swirled around her in a cyclone of filth. Air. There isn't enough air. Her mind screamed as her body was slammed against debris and tunnel walls. Her head struck something hard and darkness started to engulf her. No, Donnie and Mira need me. But there was no way to fight the veil that fell over her eyes, a darkness blacker than night. Suddenly, air seared into her lungs, along with other sensations, mud, grass, the bite of cold rain. The darkness, however, consumed her before anything else could be discerned. Five Hours Till Landfall Raph was confused. How did Sarah end up in the warehouse district north of the garage? But yet, that was exactly where Donnie led them. Their feet pounded the wet pavement as they hurried along the mostly deserted streets. Most of New York's residents had heeded the warnings and fled the city. Donnie, are you sure you know where you're going? She's just ahead. Donnie begged his feet to move faster. At last, they came to a stop near a large ditch filling with water. At first, they didn't see her, but then Donnie gasped and jumped into the ditch. He moved aside some debris and lifted a form from the thick mud on the far side. It was their turn to gasp. Sarah was barely recognizable. Donnie struggled up the ditch's steep embankment to lay her on the cement. She was coated in mud, and blood trickled from a gash on the side of her head. Her long hair was matted with mud, blood, sticks, and a whole lot of other things. To any other person, she looked awful. But to Donnie, she was the most beautiful creature in the world at that moment. She was alive and breathing. What more could he ask for? Tears sprang, unbidden, mixed with relief and fear. He looked up at his eldest brother. Mira, Splinter. Leo immediately jumped down into the ditch, followed by Mikey and Raph. The three fought off the rising water and powerful current as they dug through the refuse. They even searched along the bottom, but still found nothing. They're not here. Leo knelt beside Donnie, his eyes fixed on the limp form in front of him with worry. Don had managed to clean away some of the mud from her face. He found the gash on the side of her head, which he pressed his fingers against to prevent more bleeding. He gazed at his unconscious mate. She can find them once she wakes up, which he hoped would be very soon. Raph looked out across the bay, which lay to the east, and what he saw horrified him. Guys, we really need to get back to the garage. Cat's cell rang, and she jumped. The guys had been gone for some time, and she had started to worry. Relief washed over her as she opened the cell, only to have it dashed away. Uh, hi, April. Hey, I was just calling to check on you guys. I decided to stay and thought maybe you should come up to my apartment. 
I'm on the third floor, so I think it should be safe, or at least a lot safer than the lair. Well, I'm at the garage, but the guys aren't here. They went back to get Splinter, Sarah, and Mira. Cat looked at the wall of sandbags and realized the water level had significantly risen. It was now at least a foot deep. I'll tell them when they get back. It might not be such a bad idea. I'm afraid things may get a little hairy here. April gave a hollow laugh. With the guys involved, I have no doubt of that. Well, I'll be here if you need me. Okay. They hung up, and Cat frowned at the water continuing to rise. Raph, where are you? Splinter moved as quickly as he could through the labyrinth of tunnels, but he was not as young or agile as he once was. It had been nearly thirty years since he had carried a small turtle through the sewers. Mira cried and trembled in his arms. He had begun to worry about her. At last he found a ladder leading to the surface. He struggled with a manhole cover and moved it enough to get them through. The cold water from the street above gushed down and threatened to dislodge him. Gritting his teeth against the cold, he pulled them from the sewer to the safety of an alleyway. He was relieved to find the streets above deserted and took refuge beneath an overhang of a doorway in the alley. Mira, it is all right, child. He pressed her trembling form into his chest. We will find your mother and father. There was a little sneeze, and for the first time Splinter realized what had been bothering him. His granddaughter's scent had changed. She smelled of sickness. Laying his hand atop her head, he noticed she was also running a slight fever. He needed to get her some place warm and dry. It was difficult to tell exactly where they'd surfaced. He would have to find some landmark to get an idea of how far they were from the garage. His heart ached at the thought of dragging the child back out into the rain, but he had no choice. The streets were beginning to flood, so their best bet was the rooftops. Untying his kimono, he pulled Mira inside it and retied it around them. It wasn't much, but it would have to do for the moment. Beside him was a mostly dry newspaper. He took it and made a tiny cover for the turtle's head. Mira had quieted to whimpers. She still trembled, but the wailing had stopped. Venturing out into the rain, he found a fire escape to climb. Don't worry, my little one. We will be safe soon. Splinter gathered his bearings from where he stood atop the building. They were still more than three-quarters of a mile away. Taking a deep breath, he began to sprint across the rooftops. It had been many years since he had gone on a run with his sons. Leonardo now carried the bulk of their training in his hands. The old rat's body creaked and screamed in pain as he forced it to comply with his commands. They were still a half-mile away when he felt something hit his head. He felt another and gasped. Little Mira cried out in his arms. Hell battered the roof around them, becoming more intense by the second. Scanning the rooftop, he found a small shed. Thankfully, it was unlocked. He sighed with relief as he closed the door behind them. Examining the contents of the small structure, he found a few boxes, a bucket, and a broom. I'm cold, Sofu. Mira shivered, her eyes drooping. 
I know. I will find something to cover you with. Splinter cuddled the little tot to him and went to the boxes. The first contained pots and pans, the second held books, and the third, to his relief, held clothes. The clothes were for a large man. Taking out a big sweater, he pulled Mira from his kimono and slipped it over her head. It nearly swallowed the tiny turtle. He took the arms and tied them into a knot, effectively cinching the fabric around her. How are you feeling, child? I'm thirsty. Mira opened drowsy brown eyes and licked her lips. I want mommy. Splinter's heart ached. Sarah had been swept away by the current. There was no way to know if she had survived, and if she hadn't, Mira would be orphaned, for Donatello would likely follow Sarah into death. Splinter laid Mira atop the rest of the clothes and moved to the box of pots. He placed one outside the small shed's door in the hope of catching some rainwater or even hail. He could at least provide his grandchild with a drink.